0: i <laughs>
1: Find a YouTube video that has over like 10,000 views with zero dislikes every single time there'll be a dislike on there, right? Yeah, there is usually an innate kind of compulsion to gravitate towards being the first, no matter what, whether it's just the first comment on the video, the first like, the first dislike, somebody will always want to be the first.
2: You know what though? I did not think that's where you were going with it. That makes sense what? though. That makes sense that it's like I want to be the first of anything. Because like mm-hmm. uh, people comment on people's Instagram. Instagrams first comment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like if, especially if it's a viral account. I thought you were just gonna say that people are negative because we always talk about like attitudes on the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I think both are valid. Like people are just negative and they're like, I fucking hate this guy and I need people to know and I need people to agree with me. But mm-hmm. yeah, people are like, oh zero. I'm gonna be the one. Or like the other day I was on Instagram and I saw that I wasn't following a person that I know and I want to go follow them and they had 999 followers and I was probably going to follow them anyways, but I was like, this is a big moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am the 1,000th I am the
2: 1,000th follower. What do I win? <laughs> kind
1: of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I was,
2: I told them, I was like, dude, by the way, like I got you to four figures. I <laughs> love
1: <laughs> that. Um, so a few, ep- er, yeah, a few episodes ago, we talked about my inability to open a can. I purchased a couple of cans of tuna from the Kroger nearby. And, you know, with some cans, they have like a little lip where you could kind of like stick something under and just pop it open. And this one, it's there's like no give to it. It's just like a metal sheet with a little bit of like ridges on it. But
2: yeah, like most cans.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's hard to open man it's metal
2: dude have like... you have you heard of that it's to help open cans it's called a can opener
1: yeah yeah, yeah. oh i you know after that episode i got a, a few people recommending those to me and
2: <laughs> Brett, like 40 people in your dms bro get a fucking can opener <laughs> people are sending us can openers they're like "Is it dumbass in the mail <laughs> um
1: but last night i was really determined to get these cans open I want to make some tuna salad. So I grabbed my knife and I just stabbed it really, really hard, like in the center. And then it would just make a tiny little hole. And then I would like press down on it to get like the juices out. And then I would just keep on like stabbing and pulling at it and just ripping it until I got like a little triangle cut out of it. And then I would peel it back and just scoop out the tuna. I was able to do that with both cans. It wasn't ideal. It was sloppy. It's a little bit dangerous, too.
2: I'm glad you figured out basic kitchenware. <laughs> but but today, Jason,
1: I've had a chicken breast in my fridge for about four or five days now, and I didn't want to get uh, old or anything, so I decided to cook it up today. And last time I cooked the chicken, threw it in a pan, cut it up, and it's just kind of like little slices of chicken breast that I like, put in with pasta. Yeah. But... I baked the chicken today, and I'm not like, meat expert, you know? With chicken, it's, it's kind of, like, pink when it starts out, and you kind of cook it till it's not pink anymore, right? You're
2: spot on. <laughs> Bobby Flay um, agrees.
1: So, I threw it in the oven at, like, 450 for, like, 20 minutes, and I pull it out, and you know, I don't know if it was in my eyes, but it still looked a little pink in the center, but I tried it, and it was the juiciest piece of chicken I swear I've ever had. Probably because it was You still said low. it was a
2: little pink?
1: Like, I I don't think. It was pretty. I know bad. what you mean.
2: I know what you mean. I've had. Am I, am I really loud right now?
1: You sound perfect on my head. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. So I think I've had what you're talking about. Like, it's a little tint of pink. It's not like. Like, it's cooked. You can see the tenderness, mm-hmm. but the, the shade of it is a little pink. It will continue to cook. You need to let it sit. You're actually okay. supposed to let your chicken sit for about, like, five to ten minutes after it's done cooking until so the the juices settle, and then mm-hmm. it definitely won't be pink anywhere, and it'll still be juicy. It just, it'll be fully cooked, and it will it will be drier. It won't be dry, but it'll be drier. Okay. So that's my recommendation, this, but I'm glad.
1: Was, j- I did let it sit. Guess. Let's sit for a few minutes because I was in class, so I was like, "All right, I'll just like actually go to class for five minutes while I let sit." <laughs> then I came back, then I cut it, and it's still a little pink. But threw it in the microwave for like a minute, then pulled it out, and it was still incredibly juicy, delicious, everything. But I want to know how you cook your chicken, Jason.
2: I have a very strict regimen for my chicken cooking. Mm-hmm. So I always buy chicken breast. <clears throat> I mean sometimes I'll get tenders but I never get wings or thighs um, I'll get chicken breast, and then I will usually depending on the thickness of them slice them I will slice them through so it's called like uh, uh, what's it called oh my god where you basically just cut it through not like in half so that it's thinner it's a thinner slice can't remember yeah. the term and I will throw them all in a big uh, stainless steel like cooking bowl And put olive oil in it and get them all olive oiled up. I'll put garlic salt on it, pepper, garlic powder, paprika, and a little bit of basil. And juice that all around so that it's all covered in all my favorite seasonings. And then I will put some oil and butter on the cast iron skillet to heat up. Get that going. And then about two minutes after that's steaming, turn the heat down, put the chicken back on, cook it for about... 3 4 minutes on one side flip it 3 4 minutes on the other side voila great chicken every single time I'm impressed and I'll 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 show you the real process one day it's it's not as hard as people think it's just you have mm-hmm. to know you have to know to do it and before you know it it's it's just a habit of doing it the same way every time
1: I I sprinkled my bad boy with a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper threw it on a sheet of tinfoil, Drew it in the oven. let nice. it out twenty minutes later.
2: Nice. That's still that's a good and easy way to cook chicken too. I, I originally started doing it that way. I think paprika mm-hmm. is one of the best seasonings you can add to chicken. Adds yeah. a lot of flavor and a good coloring also to the chicken. Makes it not white. Makes it a little like orange once it's all cooked right evenly with olive oil, and it just looks better. Put your fucking leg away <laughs> while we speak to each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: Jesse's recording from his bed today.
0: (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I just, I've been trying to get a lot looser with my, with my hips, you know? Hell
2: yeah, mobility. Um,
1: Yeah, mobility, it's huge, and I've been, we talked about this, I've been trying to go to yoga lately, and you know, sometimes it's a little sad when they're telling me to do a forward fold, and I can't really fold all that much, so I'm just kind of like awkwardly bending over while my back hurts.
2: But yoga, yoga is like such simple movements that after like a month or maybe a few months of doing it consistently, it makes the biggest difference in your posture, your mobility, your flexibility, and honestly, just like energy too. I feel like it's great.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. When was your first time you did yoga? Uh,
2: I was at Midtown back home with, it was when all the guys lived in my dad's basement one of my brothers you guys, know, Ejaq, was like, Hey, we're going to yoga. You wanna come? I was like, Man, this shit's for this shit's for pussies. I'm not going to yoga. Mm-hmm. And then I go and I fucking loved it for a few reasons. The instructor was just beautiful. Fell in love with her. <laughs> and then also I just felt great. Like I went and I did yoga and then I went and left it and then I played basketball and then uh did the usual like steam room shower and everything. And the yoga just felt like it enhanced the rest of my workout. Which I feel like is like kind of people's mentality for their day. Like people go and do morning yoga, it kind of enhances the rest of your day. Yeah. Have you ever done booty yoga? No, I have a feeling this is a form of yoga that is kind of a meme.
1: I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a meme per se, but uh, that was my first experience with yoga. I did it last year. It was like a scad class of booty yoga, and I think it's. (laughs) I don't really remember. It, it was very high intensity compared to the yoga that I do now. Okay. Um, and I think it's just more oriented towards like building your ass muscles. Maybe that's why it's called booty yoga. You but just, I also think it's like, it's like B-U-T-I. instead. You like just B-U-T-I.
2: don't move the top half of your body.
1: <laughs> your arms just go like noodles the entire yeah.
2: time. Oh, well, um, I, I think I'm open to trying. new. Like I've done hot yoga once, didn't love it, and I'm okay with that. I want to just do the usual standard yoga that I've always done because like mm-hmm. it's it's more like it's meditating and it's also stretching but it's also a workout but hot yoga is too much of a workout i want the trifecta of workout stretching and meditating and i don't want one to be greater than the other
1: okay that makes sense i really want to try hot yoga sometimes yeah. worth
2: trying for but... sure but if it was something like if it was like the only form of yoga i did i would probably hate it yeah have you heard of goat yoga
1: Yes, I have. Where like the goats like stand on top of you? Yeah,
2: they like crawl around the whole setting. It's so weird but yeah. like, cool. My mom did it.
1: Really? Where did she do it?
2: I think she was in like fucking Buffalo Grove. <laughs>
0: like, no way. There's just
2: some like field around Buffalo Grove area. This is like a neighboring town from our town, and and she just found out from it a client or from a friend and was like, "Hey, I'm going to goat yoga." And she sends me and my brother pictures. My brother loves goats. It's like his favorite animal. Right. Goats are super creepy.
1: They're square eyes. <laughs> they're
2: fucking weird. Yeah, their eyes are crazy, but I think it's just like their overall like personality and like character. They're just super goofy and it's almost like they're like sarcastic and I think that's mm-hmm. in line with my brother's personality, but like she like sent us pictures of these goats crawling all over her, and like it just it looked like a movie. It looks so like so much fun. I want to try it, but there's not a lot of goat yoga in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah,
1: no probably not
2: we're probably anywhere
1: but yeah we should definitely do it sometime when we're both back together yeah it'd be fun there's uh the yoga that i've been doing lately is it's free anybody could just like walk in you don't have to sign up or you just walk into like the park in savannah and there's this uh girl who teaches it and they like burn incense they like play super cool music
2: it's a whole atmosphere
1: it's, it's so relaxing i love it
2: yeah, I actually just the other day, like she, so my old yoga instructor her name was Kate. Shout out Kate core. She, uh, she got me and some like my roommates and some guys to do her yoga class at the rec center here. And she actually graduated last year and she's in med school now. But she was just the coolest yoga instructor. Like we would go in the morning or like sometimes in the afternoon. Also, she would play the music. She was like really talkative and friendly. And then we would do the yoga. And when it was yoga time, it was game time. Like everyone locked in. Except for the first time, like, we were, like, kind of, like, fucking around and, like, farting and shit. <laughs> but, like, overall, like, experience with her and with the whole class was so good. She took it serious and did a great job. And I want to... I saw her the other day. So, she, she moved out and she she came back and, like, for one night and she came to Nike and uh, got her some shoes. But um, really good experience with her classes here in Oshkosh. But I haven't done them... S- I did a Lululemon yoga class twice in Chicago. Ooh. Those were very different but i think i prefer like the standard yoga class they were they were cool they were good but um i think the atmosphere at lululemon is a little too serious because everyone at Lemon is like like they're all on top of their game because it's like that's kind of what they're all about mm-hmm. um but I, I recommend people try all different versions of yoga it's really it's an interesting experience and activity for people to do
1: definitely what's the difference between yoga and pilates
2: Oh, my dad has mentioned Pilates to me a ton because all the gyms they've worked out over the years have like either Pilates uh implemented or not, and I don't know the difference. But like I've heard him mention it before. Do you know the difference?
1: No, not a clue. But Pilates wow.
2: involves this machine, like the whole mechanism machine that like you use mm-hmm. for stretching. And I, it's like tension based, but also like maybe body weight based, maybe. Not sure though.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll do some research on it later.
2: Okay. um but yeah
1: i totally agree just even all forms of yoga and all forms of workouts too have you ever done orange theory or do you know what it is
2: i know what it is i've never done it i
1: was looking into it because when i first came to savannah like the school gyms are ass right now because they're all closed down and you have to register for like only 30 minute periods um oh so yeah that sucks our
2: rec has hour-long periods and even that is not enough
1: yeah and it's not like you just like sign up to go to the gym. You have to sign up for a certain location in the gym. So oh my if god! I really? Sign up for a slot, it's like I could only be on treadmills or I could only be on free weights. Oh, that's and
2: terrible. And then have to leave.
1: Yeah. So definitely wanted to get a new gym, and so I was looking around. There was Planet Fitness, which amazing for the price. Oh yeah, like eight dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever it is. And then there was Orange Theory orange theory is like a hundred and seventy dollars a month or something
0: insane
2: do like not that. do orange theory orange theory is if you have money to spare and you want a really good workout i mean it mm-hmm. is a great workout i've heard and i don't doubt it i just don't mm-hmm. think it's it's the best bang for your buck if you're on a budget
1: yeah definitely not on a budget but it seems interesting i'd like to try it at some point because yeah. i think they have like a free
2: class you could do but yeah. so in relation to working out and just, you know, exercise, yoga, and everything, how has your experience changed with overall, like, body image, or body acceptance, as the time, as time has passed with everything that you've been doing? Because I know you started working out, it was, it, before, it was before quarantine, but it was, like, kind of your time at SCAD, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go into just kind of, like, my view on my body over the years. Like, when I was really young, I was just super skinny all the time. Super skinny, didn't work out, didn't do anything. And then when I got into, I think, high school, I'd, like, go to the gym here and there. And then I started going to, like, L.A. when it was, like, later in high school. But I wasn't, like, working out too seriously. Like, I'd go in for, like, 20 minutes maybe just, like, get something done. Um, But, like, I could tell, like, my diet wasn't doing so hot. And, like, I would gain... It's not like I was, like, getting overweight by any means, but, like, the only weight that was on my body was, like, unhealthy weight. Like, it was probably just, like, a thin layer of fat over my body with, like, zero muscle. So, it really encouraged me to, like, continue working out. And when I went to SCAD, I was starting to count calories and I started to eat a lot more, and I think I gained like 15 pounds in my first year at SCAD but it was like almost all muscle cuz I was working yeah. out like almost every single day biking running doing all that stuff and definitely seen a lot of change um but you also get to like these plateau points that are really annoying that um totally. like when I was when I went back home over uh like quarantine like I just didn't even have the equipment at that point like I capped out on the like free weights and everything that i had at my house at the time so i didn't even have like the weights to lift anymore so that was something that kind of was a little frustrating at the time um but now that i have a gym again it's really nice because i could kind of like push through that but i'm also not eating that well anymore just because i have to cook all my own meals and
2: see you have a hands. whole another step or phase that you're going to unlock after college which is because I know your gym experience now still isn't great, but when you have a good gym experience at a gym where you can do everything you want to do and then more and push yourself to keep doing more on top of having a good diet that you can stay on top of is going to change like the overall outcome because obviously you've made a lot of progress over the years, but that's going to change a lot of the overall outcome that you'll see in yourself once you reach that point. Yeah,
1: and I'm excited.
2: Once I get through, um,
1: just once I get – a proper diet that i can maintain i feel like everything's going to change and i'm excited for it looking so forward to it.
2: so let's go back to like how has the body acceptance or body image experience changed since then
1: i'm definitely like happier with the overall image of my body and how it's improved i'm still not happy with it just in general but mm-hmm. it's also it encourages me to like keep on going to the gym. If I had the perfect physique that I had, I think I would be a lot more lenient on myself. Um, so not exactly where I want to be yet, but I think I'm getting closer and closer to it. And it's inspiring to me and motivating for me to keep on going and doing what
2: I'd like to do. Good. Because if you have the mentality of you know keep improving, I think a lot of people get to that point like, I think I'm honestly at the same spot right now. Like, I'm, I'm definitely so much happier with what I've accomplished in the past year than I ever was before. But, like, I don't think anyone's ever really fully satisfied. Yeah. Like, that's why bodybuilders continue to go until their body breaks. And that's why uh, people that, you know, run marathons continue to do so until their body breaks. Like, you're not going to stop. And that's just, I think that's part of runner's high, part of gym mentality, part of... um you know, hardest worker in the room, that type of mentality. And do
1: you I, do you think that translates into other aspects of life?
2: Totally. Like
1: money? I was gonna say I was gonna say success,
2: you know? wealth, like money. Um like Jeff Bezos will never or Elon Musk will never think they have enough money. Like it's not like Elon or Jeff are gonna say, I'm good and they're just gonna retire today and not stop making money. First off, it's impossible for the guys to stop making money. They make money, they make more money in a day than we have made in our whole life. So like, yeah. they they will never stop. But I'm just saying like, it's the same mentality. Why would you stop when you're when you're doing so good? Mm. Like, I think I was because uh, I was kind of sick in the past like two weeks and not sick, but I had really bad allergies and I was it's been finals kind of. So um, I was slow, but right before then I was definitely in, like my best state of like mind for working out and everything and i didn't want to stop i stopped because there was a barrier which was sickness and finals but i would never stop by decision by my own choice there's no way there's no i think if i do stop someone needs to get me checked because if there's a day where i like wake up one day and i'm like i'm done i'm i don't need to work out anymore like that's fucked up I, that won't happen and i think it's yeah. the same thing with you know entrepreneurs billionaires that have all the money in the world they're not just going to stop why would you
0: I think
1: that is that like a healthy mindset to be in, though, because I I feel a lot of people have the idea that once you hit this, you're going to be happy. Once you hit this six pack and once you could bench 225, once you're making this salary, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. But.
2: But then what I think is you get a little taste of it. 'Cause like, yeah, you can I'll I'll may I'll put into workout terms and I'll put into money terms. I'll try. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm not an expert, this is what I'm thinking. When you first get one rep of two twenty five bench press, you're like, Fuck yeah, that was sick. But I want ten reps. And then you get ten reps of two twenty five, you're like, Alright, I'm gonna get one rep of two fifty now. And then you get ten reps of that. And it's like, I want you set a goal for yourself. I wanna make fifty thousand dollars out of college. You get 45, 40. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to make 50 next year, 60 next year. And then you hit that. But it's never enough. Okay, money is much easier to understand because you can never make too much money. It's like that's not yeah. a thing. No one's ever been like, oh, I need to get rid of some money unless they're like money owners <laughs> or drug dealers. Like yeah. you, you, you don't just want to get rid of money. Like you want to get rid of fat and you want to put on muscle. Like the only mm-hmm. thing with money is it's continuously always in desire. Like you want it
1: one thing i I do want to cycle back uh it's kind of like goal setting just in general but do you know how cleaning dirty money works
2: like money laundering
1: yeah like if we're to do a bank bank heist this is all hypothetical for anybody uh listening um but Like, once you collect the money, you have to clean the money. Do you know what the process behind cleaning dirty money is?
2: I know exactly what it is in terms of what I know from watching the show Breaking Bad. Okay. (laughs) Um, So in Breaking Bad, all the money that Walter White makes from selling and, well, not really selling, but uh, making meth and selling it to drug dealers, he has to clean that money. And he gets different forms of businesses to clean his money throughout the show. One of them is a car wash. So any money that is made from meth, he cannot use or collect or claim to himself until it goes through a legal business that is um, regulated by the IRS, which his car wash is one example of. There is others throughout the show. I'm kind of blanking on them, but he was able to put the money through the car wash based on like either it was it was just it was basically just rigging the books. Um, yeah, like you you have accounting. Uh, sheets that say you made this much money and as long as it's not over a certain amount the irs isn't going to flag it so then that's the money just the money appears in your bank account but it's it appears clean because it says that you earned it through this business yeah so let's
1: say the car wash started making five thousand dollars extra a month that could just be like extra money that's being cleaned whereas if they made yes like a hundred thousand in a month then it'd probably be flagged
2: Yes, I believe so, because it's like the IRS is going to be like, how the fuck did this car wash just make $2 million in a month? Because there's some points in the show. I don't know if you have you watched Breaking Bad.
1: I watched two seasons when I got my wisdom teeth out and I never watched it. God,
2: can you get more teeth taken out? Because you need to fucking watch it. (laughs) Dude, it's so good. Once you get towards the end, like, dude, Walter White is racking in millions of dollars from his genius chemistry mind of making crystal meth. And then mm-hmm. so, just the character development throughout the show is great. And then the ending is is actually pretty good. Because a lot of endings to big shows like that suck. But then they ended up yeah. making a movie a couple years ago that went based off of the show, the ending of it. Really cool. I loved it. But, um, yeah, the money laundering is, is a crazy world. Because, like, it's one thing to understand the concept. But doing it is fucking crazy, I bet.
1: Yeah. Anyways,
2: goals. Jason,
1: let's just talk about goals in general. What is your... Let's say... What are some goals that you've set for yourself in the next 5 years?
2: Uh I want two passive incomes. Mm. Doesn't matter how much they make, I want two passive incomes set. And I guess I want to be in just, you know, I like my regimen now. It's 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 all based on like my my workout regimen with my like self-learning regimen, so um I would like to Continue working out once to twice a day and with one rest day a week. I would like to continue meditating and reading every day. But, like, I, it's not like that's not a goal for the next five years. That's a goal for the rest of my life. Yeah. But it's, it's such a simple thing. I just have to do it every day and I can't fall off the wagon. Yeah. But for five years, it's weird because most people's goals are money oriented. Wouldn't you say so?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that.
2: Like, everyone's, cons- like, financial status is important, but I think financial stability is the thing that most people, want but don't have and Mm -hmm. if you can put your term put your goals into financial terms then you're gonna think that like that's what's best for you but like it's kind of hard to make goals that aren't financially based like the word like the main component is making more money i mean i have i have goals for reading meditating running working out like i also my one of my daily goals is drinking a gallon of water a day but like most okay i guess i should say long-term goals are always money yeah. usually right like if and you have any long-term goals it's probably either prestige or money
1: there's i i guess um i think with workout like obviously workout, a lot of things that you could um it's very quantifiable like maybe by the time in the next five years i want to be able to run a marathon mm, yeah there's stuff like that or maybe in the next five years i want to get my solo skydiving license
2: Ooh, There's i would like love that. for us both to do that down the road mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know if i told you but i ended up watching that video you told me to watch of the mm-hmm. the solo skydiver where you jumped from the halo it's like a halo jump from like twenty five thousand feet or whatever it that's yes. that's a that'd be a crazy thing to do on your own i want to be able to do that for sure but um like i guess another long-term goal that people set for themselves is education like in five years, I want to be done with my with grad school. That's, I don't, I don't think I'm going to grad school, but like that could be someone's goal. Yeah, but in turn, I, that kind of goes along with prestige. Let's be honest, college and university and all that. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're educating yourself, and it's more knowledge, but a lot of it's also prestige. Like people, that, I don't know if you heard about the college admission scandal documentary that's on Netflix, but they kind of talk about how the only reason the people that are paying for their kids to go into USC and they're paying like millions of dollars just to get their kid admitted is for the prestige. Definitely. That kid doesn't need to work. They're born a millionaire. They're born a billionaire whatever it is, but they want their kid to be associated with the prestige of going to Harvard, Yale, USC whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Even like right now if if, if even right now if it were only to be for education, I would drop out this second.
2: Like Wait, what do you the, mean?
1: It, like in the next like six weeks, there's not going to be anything that detrimental to my education I'm going to learn.
2: Oh, but yeah, because you're so close. Once to I get done. that
1: bachelor's, boom, like it's something, you know. Yeah. It's like a little trophy.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, it's a symbol of your success for sure. I saw a funny picture the other day that was like, um, it was a piece of, it was like a card piece of cardboard like bent in a mailbox. And on, on the piece of cardboard, it says, do not bend. And it's this girl's graduate, like, high, uh, college diploma that cost her like two hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loans, and she has a bent diploma in the in her mailbox. <laughs> so sad. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of things are like that right now. Everybody's like mailing stuff. <clears throat> sure, yeah. she's not the only one.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably not. But the U.S. Postal Service failed us.
1: Yeah, this is all right. This might be a hot take, um, but. Right now, there's a lot of people who are getting kind of like flagged and getting canceled on the internet for a lot of very serious allegations. I don't want to take any of that away. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing, it's getting harder and harder to prove something in like a court of law due to the advances in technology. Like, Jason, I could show text messages from your number saying some really messed up stuff. And I could screenshot them and send them off to police. And But, like, if they have your phone, then that's not going to happen. Because I could go into Photoshop and make anything look like anything. I can 3D model you and, like, in CG, make you do a crime and have it, like, on a fake video camera. I could deepfake you saying things. I think there's some really scary stuff that's so, going to come out of technology.
2: So you're saying it's harder to prove though? Yeah, let's say let's cuz I that. mean well so do you know what I'm thinking though is that like are you saying that you could make something fake and then the person that was accused could just let's say it's not even fake. Let's say it's actually real. But then mm. I I say, "No, that's fo- that's Photoshop, That's fake. That's fake." Isn't there like digital investigators with like there's like digital footprints that you can track like isn't it isn't it technology so advanced that you can actually figure that stuff out
1: um it depends on like the case-by-case scenario like there could be metadata yeah, or some sure. sort of encryption on the image or something like that to see if it's been tampered with but in the same space like if it's not that high level of a crime, if it's not a celebrity that we're dealing with and it's maybe somebody a bit smaller, maybe a micro-influencer, they might not have those resources to look into it and they might just be able to knock it off or they might just get flagged for whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. Or like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with like rich people and, you know, getting fined, like... Mm-hmm. Like, what does it matter if Charlie Sheen gets fined $50,000 for public intoxication? Like, it's nothing to him. Versus yeah. if I got fined for public intoxication $50,000, I'm fucking, my life's fucked. Yeah. Like, lo- the law-, law only applies to the poor. Or law only applies to people, middle class, and below.
1: That's so frustrating
2: to me, too. It's not like we have personal experiences with it, but it's like, I'm scared. It's like, if I, if I fuck up, and there's a fine that fucks me over... It could fuck if it'll fuck my life over, but if it happened to fucking Michael Jordan, it may destroy his image, but you know what? He still has billions of dollars. Yeah.
1: Same with bail. The this thought of bail is so bizarre to me.
2: Oh yeah. Bail is crazy. And do you know where your bail money goes? No. If you if you bail your bail. <laughs> if you go out on bail and you mm-hmm. like try to flee the country, the I don't know if it's the government or some branch of legis- like whatever it is. They uh, they kind of freelance. There's freelance literal bounty hunters out there. This is what Joey Hagee told me his dream job is. You get paid by the government to hunt down criminals <laughs> that, that uh, you know, jump out on bail. Like they, yeah. they leave the country or whatever they try to hide. And your bail money goes towards paying that bounty hunter to find you
1: really yeah that is a really cool position according I to jo- according that.
2: to joey Hagee, who usually yeah. is very smart and has never misled me so i'm gonna assume it's real and it's true
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah, isn't that, was that really weird like
2: there's fucking bounty hunters out there that collect money from the government to find criminals <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're not even like you know they're not even like they're not sanctioned by the government but they're still employees of the government kind of
1: yeah It's always interesting, like, learning where money goes. Like, for our taxes, our federal taxes, like, it's all going to the government. Like, there's such a large portion that goes to the government. Did we talk about this last time?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I may have been talking... Well, this would have been two weeks ago, because last week was Casper.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's... (sighs) At some basis, they are given a budget right let's say their budget is 10 million dollars they need to spend all 10 million dollars of their budget because if they don't then their budget's going to get cut next year so whatever so if they, they still spend... if they still need to spend two million dollars in the next week they're just going to joyride jets and just burn rocket fuel
2: over and over again that's fucking and that's crazy so
1: frustrating because it's literally everybody's tax money My t- they don't need that money
2: yeah, my, well, my tax knowledge is very lo- very little. Like, yeah. I, like people will talk taxes, and sometimes I know what's going on, sometimes I don't. I wish I did know more. That's why I kind of subscribe to that uh, Morning Brew thing is because they talk taxes in it. But mm-hmm. I want to know more, but I, I get what you're saying because you're like, all right, my money's not going in. My money's going to the government, and those taxes are getting spent on probably some reasonable things. Like, yeah, obviously everyone hates taxes because you're giving your money away, but some some taxes are necessary, like, whether you like it or not. But on paper, all your tax money got used. You don't actually know what all they got used for, though. And it's hard to track yeah. it. And it's hard to be able to tell.
1: Jason, what country has the highest average happiness level? Fiji. That is a good guess. I'm sure they are pretty happy there.
2: Have you seen Fiji
1: yeah i have
2: how could you live there and not be happy
1: (laughs) it's fucking (laughs) beautiful have you ever seen like the fiji water commercials or like the behind the scenes to it
2: uh well yeah but like i'm just thinking like pictures of fiji like it looks fucking unreal it looks like another planet Mm -hmm. but yeah continue
1: (laughs) finland sweden those iceland switzerland those nordic countries have the highest like
2: um do they not have taxes they do have taxes, okay.
1: but all of their taxes. I mean, I don't know that much about international taxes, but from my knowledge, they really don't have a military at all. Like they don't have aircraft carriers. They don't have this or that. They have very minimal uh military. So that all the tax money is going to healthcare. It's going to education. Oh, it's going to maternity
2: leaves. I'm aware that trillions and trillions of dollars go into our fucking military, but yeah, I never thought about like what it's like for the the countries. They don't have it like obviously china russia america germany whatever japan have huge military budgets
0: mm-hmm.
2: but like what is a fucking country like fiji or would you call it? The, the the nordic countries yeah why would they have a crazy military they don't need it and even yeah. if they did need it they're probably smarter than us and realize that putting money into fucking millions of tanks is kind of pointless at this because because at this point there was a, there probably was a point where tanks and helicopters and all that shit was kinda necessary for your self defense. But now mm-hmm. uh there could be a cyber attack that fucking takes out the country. There could be a coronavirus part two, or you know, there's gonna be other viruses also down the road. And this just depends whether they're natural or made in a lab. Um and those those forms of terrorism can take you out even more so than someone nuking us. Mm-hmm.
1: And with how fast technology is growing, the, the countries like let's take Iceland for example. Lake County, the area that we're from, has roughly six hundred thousand people living in it. Mm-hmm. Iceland, I think the population is in the three hundred thousand range. So the entire country of Iceland has half the population of just the county within the state that we live in. So Whole, that's just yeah. a little kind of
2: yeah, because it's not like it's not like lake county has a military yeah (laughs) like we have a police department but like so does i'm sure so does iceland but like the the military aspect is for great nations and i'm Mm -hmm. glad that we're part of a great nation but we're also not the greatest country and we don't we don't need (laughs) to fucking don't pour millions of we're not fucking politicians or we don't know shit but obviously most people are under the impression that too much money gets put in the military Mm-hmm. Or at this point, maybe we have enough now. can we sit at what we got and maybe take a year off? Like like imagine <laughs> imagine. imagine if we like, just we cut just... military expenses in from yeah. one whole year. Yeah, that would solve a lot of problems. Mm, sure. but you could not do that because you still need to yeah. pay you need to pay people who are in the military. I, I work with a guy it was actually his last day yesterday. um I work with a guy. He was in active duty for the past semester, I think, or something like that. and he told me that in Oshkosh and then in Wisconsin, there's certain policies for being in military, and he's inactive, so he gets $1,300 a month. That is for rent, that is for food, and that is that. is—well, actually, it's technically just for rent. He can spend up to $1,300 in rent, and if you spend $1,300 in rent in Oshkosh, you fucking probably own two houses because <laughs> my rent's a quarter of that, and, and he's not paying that, that's for sure. So you, that's just one person that's getting paid that much there is millions of people in the military that are getting paid that much and more and way more. And it's not like we're just going to stop paying those people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And let's say you are Iceland, Jason. I
2: am Iceland as a person. Yeah.
1: Just hypothetically, but you want to play basketball with LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan being like the U.S., LeBron James being like Russia, it's just you're you're too late. You know you can't catch up to them. You're you can't yeah. be like in that league anymore. Yeah, at this point, and I why feel like would, that's
2: how a lot of the countries are. Why would smaller countries be like, hey, let's pour all this fucking money into into our military because, I mean, no matter how much money they put into it, they can't catch up to the big ones. Yeah. They'll get fucking smoked regardless.
1: It just sounds bizarre. If we heard Iceland's developing like a nuclear weapon, like we'd be like, Are you kidding me?
2: Why? It's like, what is it made out of hockey blades? I don't know.
0: But no, I agree.
2: Oh. Imagine if imagine if like there was a fucking siren going off and you're like, fuck, it's World War Three. Fiji, Fiji militants <laughs> fucking boarding up to the beaches, and you just see dudes in like uh hawaii outfits that's what i'm imagining. fiji you know they've got fucking coconuts on their heads those guys are fighting you <laughs> Dude,
1: it's it's really wild to think about because i'm like i guess i'm just very like peace oriented like i can never imagine like having a war and like if we want to we could just roll through canada like they really don't have a military compared to the u.s that's a lot of land that we could take but we're fine every country should just be fine where they are now
2: uh, no I don't I don't I don't think that's ever the case no one, no one's this it's the same deal with companies no no companys ever just gonna say that they're like because they need to show progress if a company is gonna be profitable and successful they need to show a certain amount of money increase being made every year that's why it's stockholders and everyone is looking for, you know, quarterly gains. Why would you invest in a company that isn't continuously making more and more money? That's the same concept behind co- countries thinking, we need to continuously build more and more military. I mean, agree or disagree. You know, continuously mm-hmm. make these improvements because if you're not making improvements consistently, then no one's going to back you up.
1: But they could work on like glorifying their country, building advanced structures and like art areas and just working on their overall economy oh i don't totally. think that people need to invade other countries or go to war for any reason oh I'm i wasn't i wasn't insanely
2: naive all. on this but um like no i agree but also the money money makes the world go round and yeah. that's that's what the politicians are thinking i don't know yeah. i think the, the political talk could just it's a never-ending black hole for anyone so yeah definitely yeah. So as we've kind of been talking about the yoga and regiment stuff and meditating, Jesse, have you, you know, delved into meditating at all?
1: There was a little bit of meditating that I do before it was heavy on breathing exercises and weird enough, like nostril control where you'd like plug up like one nostril,
2: take like a deep breath and then like switch to the other one. Um, Oh, I've never heard of that. I kind of want to try that because I'm kind of stuffy. But so, a breathing method for meditating is usually a key component to anyone's meditation. It's also a lot of mindfulness and, you know, uh, clearing your mind or thinking about certain things. Most people either try to clear their mind or address certain topics and just let their mind free. Some meditations are total flow state where you just let whatever fly around in your head go at it, you just do it. Or some people just try to empty their mind and reach you know, total emptiness and be calm. Do you know if you do one or the other usually? Definitely more of the
1: I think more of like the flow and just like kind of like chill out, be calm. Because even like listening to really peaceful music, even if it has some lyrics long as it's just really soft and soothing i can enjoy it
2: i wouldn't recommend listening to any music with lyrics while you meditate there is spotify playlists that are just called like deep focus or Me- peaceful meditation that don't have lyrics and it's just it's like listening to the ocean it's just relaxing it's you know like a flow pace steady tempo that doesn't change I, that's what i recommend using for any i think audio is great i usually always use audio for meditating but i think meditating is a lot of useful aspects for your everyday life. And I think we should try a little meditation as we exit tonight's podcast. I think that's a perfect idea, Jason. All right, so we are going to... I'm going to try my best to lead this. I've never led a meditation before, but we're going to go for it. Um, I'm excited. So the technique that I've used for breathing method in the past is the Wim Hof breathing method, recommended to me by my brother's roommate, John Replinger, uh, who does it more consistently and more seriously than I do. So... The Wim Hof Breathing Method is four basic steps. Step one, get comfortable. You comfortable? comfortable. You comfortable? You? I'm
1: in my bed. I'm chilling.
2: Listener, are you comfortable? This is where you say to yourself, yeah, I'm comfortable. <laughs> you might not be. You might be in the car. You might be walking. But you can use this in your own time if you like. Step two, 30 to 40 deep breaths. And that wow. is that's at your own pace. Don't think of it like you have to do it in a certain amount of time. Um, and you can do that one time, two times, three times. I'll usually try to do it two to three times. Anything more than that, you kind of just get off topic and you kind of lose track of it. Step three is the hold. So you want to hold your breath on the inhale. So after that last exhalation, this is like on your last breath, basically, you're going to inhale one time as deeply as you can, and then let the air out, and then you stop breathing just for a minute. So you just hold after that exhale, like. And then you hold it until you feel the urge to breathe again. Don't hurt yourself, though. You don't need to try to impress yourself or us with how long <laughs> you can hold your breath. This is not of this is. Yeah, actually, DM us
1: on our Instagram how long you were able to hold <laughs> yeah, your breath. Yeah, actually,
2: we would love it if you DM'd us and let <laughs> us know. Yeah, I held my breath for four minutes and passed out. <laughs> and then when you feel the urge to breathe again, you're going to try to draw one more big breath to fill your lungs. You want to feel it in your chest. You want to feel it in your stomach while everything's expanding in your body. And then when you're at full capacity, you hold the breath for about 10 seconds and you let it go. And then that's it. That's your step one, step two, step three. So do you want to try doing it together, Jesse?
1: Yeah,
2: I'd love to. Alright, so Do you like to do it with your eyes
1: open or closed?
2: Uh Oh, I definitely do it with my eyes closed.
1: Okay. Uh, if you're driving, just leave them open for <laughs> this segment.
2: Yeah. But just because if you're looking at things, you're stimulating parts of your brain that don't need to be stimulated versus, you know, total darkness. Definitely. So I'll try to I'll try to guide us, and I'm kind of contagious. So if I sniff and not contagious, uh, um, <laughs> I'm kind of congested. Uh, congested. So if I sniffle and whatnot, ignore it. So are you comfortable? Yes. All right. We're on step two. <clears throat> We're gonna do thirty to forty deep breaths. We'll just go as it feels. So you're gonna close your eyes. Try to clear your mind. Inhale and exhale. Repeatedly breathe in and out. Last breath, we want to inhale one final time as deeply as you can. Let all that air out until your stomach and chest are empty. And then you can breathe. A recovery breath. When you draw that last big breath into your lungs, you feel your chest and belly expanding. Hold your breath there as long as you can without hurting yourself. And then exhale. That was the Wim off breathing method
1: enjoyed it. It was nice.
2: I tried my best to narrate it. <laughs> I think you did a really great job, Jason.
1: Oh. Thank you for leading us through this meditation. Oh,
2: thank you. Um, I enjoyed it. Hopefully people actually do that, because it else it's just going to be weird. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do my movie recommendation on a more subtle movie that people have probably heard of, but not everyone has experienced. It's called Mid-90s. Its director is actually Jonah Hill. Have you seen it, Jesse? you heard of it?
1: No, never.
2: Jonah Hill directed this. It was an A24. Who's that? You know who Jonah Hill is. Uh, it was an A24 film. So it's one of those really like artistic, aesthetic-feeling movies. Um, takes place in the mid-'90s. Hence, it's being called mid-'90s. Uh, it's kind of a coming-of-age type story. Kid involved in the wrong crowd. It's really short. Uh, I wouldn't say it's short. To be honest, I don't even know how long the movie is, but it feels short because it's just a very stepping stone movie where it's almost like you're living through it, where it's like you like it's a day to day movie, or like it almost feels like you live through a whole day in the movie as a part of the movie and the character that you are experiencing. Um, it's a drama, kind of comedy, but definitely more of a drama. Oh, it's an hour and a half, and it's got an interesting vibe to it. It's very charismatic and character building for everyone involved but i recommend watching it it's on hulu if you have a hulu subscription you can find it on there um that's called mid 90s directed by jonah hill and uh it's on hulu beautiful
1: thank you jason yeah and thank you for everybody for listening this week uh make sure if you have any questions you could email us at podcast at gmail.com you could follow us on Instagram at podcast or you could find us on Twitter at podcast thank you everybody see you guys next week, namaste
2: Amen <laughs>